Welcome to Rich in Life, a podcast for anyone looking to be entertained while picking up a few tips on life, luxury, and resilience. And now your host, Rich Irani. How lucky am I to be sitting next to a pretty model face-to-face? I've been doing Zoom for the last year, more or less. So this is, I think, the second time I was able to do an interview with someone face-to-face. And how lucky am I that it's with Kira Diktar. She is an international model, cover girl, and she was a Russian gymnast, right? You were a gold medalist? I was in the Russian national team of gymnastics. It's amazing. But how did you get started in modeling? I know you started at 17. Were you in Russia when you were discovered? Um, actually, because I was a gymnast already when I was in the age of 13 or 14, some photographers would come to the gymnastic uh, uh, to just see me gymnastics and ask me to take some photograph for the team. So they would choose me or the other girls to take a photograph. So I've been already in Cosmopolitan since I was 14 years old. Wow. So you were in Cosmopolitan since you were 14 years old. So yeah, while you were doing. I was doing... a famous gymnast as a teenager, I was a very famous gymnast. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then uh, I think I was like 16 or something. I get approached in the subway in Moscow, I get approached by a scout. Uh, who just a woman came over to me and said that you're very beautiful and you should try to do modeling. And at that point, I was quitting gymnastics. It was a very hard uh, transition from gymnastics. My parents put me to Moscow State University because I was an eighth grade plus student. You were a straight A student too? Yes. Straight A's, gymnastic and beautiful. The girls must have loved you. (laughs) No, I know that. I'm kidding. I'm being sarcastic. Yes. But they came to take, they came to the gymnastics to take photos of of the girls and all they wanted to do is take photos of you. So yeah, the other girls, you're lucky they didn't pull a, who is it that hit the knee of the ice skater? Tanya Harding. Harding, Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So that he tells you now, didn't you think maybe it's a line? He's just trying to pick you up. Oh, you should be a model. It was a woman. Uh, oh, okay. It was, uh, it was just kind of strange, but I thought why not to try because I, uh, I didn't want to study. I entered Moscow State University because I finished school with a gold medal. So I could enter any university and had a master's for a degree. I wanted to be a gymnastic coach. My goal was to be a gymnastic coach. But my parents really pushed me hard to go study in Moscow State University. Which I That's think. a very strong Russian culture, isn't it? To it study. Is. Very. Okay. But you decided anyway that that's what you wanted to do. I just uh, had to listen to my parents because at that point they was making decisions for me. Uh, I was not making my decisions for some other universities who I get accepted, but they picked the Moscow State University, which is the most famous and the best one, the geography. And uh, from the moment uh, I felt very bad because gymnastics was exciting, you know, it's a hoop, it's a ball, it's a competition, it's creative work to create your program. You have amazing coaches, uh, very hard on you, but uh, to work with the best coaches in the world and to create your own programs uh, was exciting. So I wanted something exciting in my life. And when modeling came through, I found it exciting. I found it- uh, And a lot less work. Uh, I found or less less vigorous work. Uh, no, I just found it this way to kind of uh, uh, kind of uh, express myself, express myself to the world, 
so for me, modeling started to be interesting. And from the age of 17, they sent me first to Milan, to Paris. Uh, it didn't work out that well in Milan and Paris at the beginning because I was, uh, they sent me to the States at 17 years old. I was assigned was first agency was a key model management. I was found uh, by a uh, famous scout for Click. I just was sitting in the restaurant. For where? Click? Click. Click, click modeling magic? Okay. You know it, right? You've heard of it. Okay. You know Brad used to model, right? I know you'd never know by looking at him. He was with Ford. No, he, he modeled. He lived in Milan for three years. Yeah, not really. I still don't believe him. He was in the Madonna video. Are you impressed? No, neither am I. Anyway, continue. I'm sorry, Kira. But wait, so you were in great, like you were in Playboy three times, which I want to get to. You were uh, on the cover of Playboy, right? Yes. For US, Russia, and Croatia. Yes. Um, Marie Claire, French L'Officiel, which was a great cover. I thought it was Paulina Poroskova when I saw. Now, I mean, I'm complimenting her. I mean, because, mm. I mean, you're sure. beautiful. And you are on FHM. It's always whole twice. twice, right? And you're on it again, I think, this summer? Yes. That's a men's magazine. It's it's That's for right him magazine. for him magazine. I can never get it. It's like a tongue twister for me. And you're also starring in the indie movie Making the Day, which I'm going to get to. But I'm sorry. So getting back to modeling now, I know that when you wanted to get into modeling, how did your parents react? Your parents were together, right? Yeah, they were together. They had their own issues, so they should get divorced. I think earlier. Uh, like when I was 15 or something, but uh, they was making decisions together, especially my father, he was making decisions. And uh, I just uh, explained to them that I want to try, I want to express myself, I want to try modeling. And uh, immediately I've been approached by scouts from Milan, scouts from Paris, and uh, finally scouts, because my, but the United States was always a dream. And my parents thought that I'm not gonna get a visa to the United States. But I was three, I tricked my university. I asked them first to write a letter that I'm uh, studying Moscow State University, that I'm going to the United States to so have something to go back to. To study. So you were telling them that you wanted to go to the United States to study to a university here, this way you no, can. No, I, I actually got my papers, my citizenship as a gymnast because I was a famous gymnast. That was a better way, my lawyers decided it was a better way to get a green card and to get a citizenship fast. Uh, then to go through modeling because I didn't have so many credits like I have now. Like now, they would give me citizenship immediately with the credits I have. But when I was 17, I didn't have so many credits right. as a model and uh, it was not enough to apply for celebrity visa. Uh, so they decided to apply me for celebrity visa as a gymnast, right. which obviously worked. Okay, so being a gymnast really started everything. It was being yes. the gymnast and it was a lot of work. And you said you started at age six, or I read you started at age six. It's too late. No, usually girls start at three or four. How? Brad, our kids, I can't even get my son to go to boxing and stay the whole time. I mean, you you really, I mean, that's discipline. Did your parents, you know, make you and go, did they crack the whip and say you're going to do it? First, I hated first two years. I hated it. But then I was a situation in school that I had to study, you know, like uh, evening hours and school and I couldn't go to a group of my age. 
So a group of my age, let's say, had a, had a group from three to six. Right. From well, from three to six, I was in school. So this way, I said, oh, we're creating gymnastics. I was so happy. I'm creating gymnastics. I was eight at the time. I was in second grade. Uh, so I'm creating gymnastics. Thank God, I'm going to try swimming or something else, something else. And then they put me with a group with all the girls. So I was the only one girl younger uh, in the group with all the girls. Yeah, and uh, obviously, coach paid me much more attention because uh, I was the only one, a young one. And uh, you know, when you train with all the girls, you learn faster from the older girls. Yeah. So uh, immediately from the regular gymnast, I became an upcoming superstar just because of uh, the fact that I couldn't attend. Uh, 3, 3 p.m. Uh, training, uh, so I had to start at 6 p.m. I didn't learn 9 p.m. You know what I mean? So, yes. that was, uh, so you became the superstar from the beginning, like you made your entrances and departures, and you actually won a gold medal, right, for Russia? I won lots of gold medals for Russia. So uh, I won sometimes silver, sometimes bronze. It's, uh, it was not always, we always talk about gold medals, but it's been situations when I screw up. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what do you mean when you screw up? When, when you screw when, up, what so happened? I want to everybody to watch on 7th of uh, July, of August. Uh, it's going to be night because it's Tokyo, so it's a different time zone. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a translation of Liquid Gymnastics, so we hope Russians win like all they always do. So wait, so it's going to be this August 7th? What is it? Uh, it's today, it's Saturday. Saturday. Oh, the Tokyo, so you want people to... So it's actually Friday night. It's the night from Friday to Saturday, so I'm not going to sleep at night. I'm going to cheer for the girls. Yeah, so you're very pro-Russia. You love your country. I love both. You know, when people ask me which password I would choose between American and Russian, I say it's like to choose between parents and husband. Oh. It's, uh, it's uh, I don't like with Russia, it's when you born with that what your parents are, this is your background. And husband, you choose, I would choose to live in any country because I lived Paris, and I had got a car to sojourn in Paris. I lived in Milan. I lived in London for a long time. I traveled to Germany, to Vienna, to Morocco, everywhere, Bahamas. So I could sure. choose a different country to live. And if I wanted to stay in Europe, I could stay in Europe. But I choose, like you choose a husband. You chose. That's a great analogy. I was going to use the analogy of Sophie's choice, but her, your analogy is actually better because, yes. The country you can choose to live in, but where you were brought up, it's like your parents. It's that's it. So, so, uh, so I, I cannot uh, come. Com- there is not a competition between passports. It's just a different way. So I chose as an adult that I want to live in the United States of America, and I get the passport of the United States of America, which are proud of the both passport. Like my parents are proud of my parents, and are proud of my choice of uh, it's like a husband you know you choose a right. husband right okay and they approve they approve the husband they approve the country that's I good don't know if they approve or not they visit my citizenships <laughs> and stuff like that but they allow double citizenship so this is my choice to live in the united states of america obviously so i also thought it was interesting that you were a gymnast and trained with alina kobeva 
Uh, she was even older than me. Uh, For people that don't know who Alina Kobeva is, she is Vladimir Putin's longtime partner. They have five children together. She's the Olympic champion of the Athens. We forget about her sport background because she was the most famous. Right. She becomes only Vladimir Putin's partner and she loses the whole credibility of her, you know, her accolades. Athletic. uh, Yeah, athletic abilities. The greatest gymnast of all the time. And you're still friends with her. Uh, You're working with her, actually. We're friendly. We're not like best friends or something like that. But, uh, but I know you're working with her on a project, which I will also get to, yes, about yes. raising the age limit for sex in certain countries. So Absolutely. we're going to get to that. But Across the globe. Across the globe. Yeah, we want to get to it. I want to let people know what the ages are for certain countries for girls. So and I think boys have sex. In Nigeria is 11 years old. Philippines is 12. Japan is 13. China is 14, Brazil is 14, Austria is 14, Germany is 14. I can go on because there is many countries in Europe uh, uh, where legal age is very low. Uh, So I think in the big countries, especially like Brazil, China, uh, Japan, uh, Nigeria is 120 million people. It's a huge population, the biggest country in Africa. So we have to work globally on this problem because in the United States, legal age is, uh, I did my research on legal age in the United States. It goes variety from 16 to 18 and depends on the state. But in 32 states, legal age is actually 16, which I think they should raise it up to 17 or 18 at least. Uh, um, and when we just so you know, and I want for listeners, yeah, is 16 in Connecticut. Okay, but to talk about some of the other countries, I just want to make sure when we discuss like Nigeria is you know, 11 years old, the Philippines 12, Japan 13, like this you is stated, too young. It's, oh, it's way too young. But the point is, is what they want to say, quote, unquote, it's for consensual sex. I just want to make sure I put that in because, you know, when they talk about it's legal to have sex, it's they talk about legal consensual sex. But whenever I say legal consensual sex at that age, it's in quotation marks because it's bullshit to me. I mean, who's going to believe an 11 year old and how do they know what they want? What made you decide to even take on a project like this? And you're working on it with Alina. Is she a part of it with you? Yeah, she's uh, backing me up through her media because she owns a media group that we're throwing uh, the whole thing as tomorrow is going to substantiate magazine. Substantiate it's a big political newspaper. It's like, I don't know, Washington Post or New York. New York Times. It's a fashion model. It's, it's equivalent it's politi- to the. It's a, it's a political newspaper. A political, it's a political newspaper. newspaper. Because one of the political newspapers actually refused to do. Uh, uh, the thing about uh, raising the relations. I linda done uh, with her public work because she was the uh, in parliament of Russia and she was in charge of kids. She raised the legal age in Russia from 14 to 16. So Alina single-handedly raised the age in Russia from... Not single-handedly, but, but she had people was, uh, her, in, in Russia in from Russia. 14 to 16. Because when I was 14, legal age in Russia was 14. So it was recently changed to 16. Uh, so, but doesn't the government have anything to do with that? Like, you know, what about her partner? She has to be governor. She controls the government. First of all, she controls the media, and she's uh, in the parliament of Russia. So she kind of proposes this proposal, and it's passed through the parliament of Russia. So they basically change the legal age in Russia from 14 to 16. 16. And I'm sure she gets a lot of help from Vladimir. Well, it always helps. He always helps, unless he disagrees with her. 
or unless maybe he's whipped by her. I don't know. I mean, he I looks like such a tough guy, but he could be whipped by Alina. She sounds like Alina, a pretty strong girl. She's obviously the most powerful woman in the whole Russian Federation. So, so I'm curious to know how you got involved in that. Was there ever an issue? I mean, obviously we've I we've spoken before. Okay. Was the idea. It was a night. Uh, was a uh, was actually on a date. And uh, I was thinking that, uh, like, I was not focusing on the date. I'm just thinking, drinking my champagne and thinking about global things because I've been uh, actually friends with Jeffrey Epstein. I came out in a documentary, Wiki World, Chasing Gislen, if you want to. Chasing what? Chasing Gislen. Oh, Gislen. oh yes. She, you were in the documentary, Chasing Gislen. Gislen, how do you say her name? Does anyone know? Gislen. Nobody can pronounce Why can't we just call her his pimp? Jeffrey Epstein's pimp. Her name I met her only once time, one time in my life, and uh, this is only in podcasts, it's all in documentary. That's when she came up with some papers and she said, This is she's fly helicopters, and this is with me, gymnast. That's how we've been introduced to each other. So he didn't introduce her as a girlfriend or as a who is he? Jeffrey Epstein. So, Jeffrey, so you knew Jeffrey Epstein before you knew, uh, what's her name, Gasoline? Of course. You knew Jeffrey first and he I introduced only you. only one time. I met Gislaine only one time. That's why I have nothing to do with her trial because all the crimes that were involved in Palm Beach is getting sued for. It's been long before my time. You know what I mean? So this was happening from way before that, you're saying? Yeah. But I'm just curious. So you wanted to raise the legal age for sex because felt, you got introduced to, to Epstein, to Jeffrey Epstein. That's what I felt. Uh, was but happening. you were friends with Jeffrey Epstein. Yes, I was friends with Jeffrey Epstein and I actually... He was a very good friend of mine for 13 years. He never did anything bad. I never saw him as an underage girl for 13 years. No, and he never he never approached you or tried to... You he do... was make, uh, making a hint of how you say hint. it properly. In okay, but also you were older. You were too old for him. No, I was not too old for him. Was, uh, he, he was obsessed with me to have like, proved by emails and stuff. Oh, like so that. you're saying you're going back from you were 17 is when you met him? Yes. Oh, that is very dangerous. Okay. But uh, uh, I was afraid of him. I was afraid, afraid of a lot of him. But he, uh, because I had my own, uh, before I met him, I had my own bad sexual experience. He's a very powerful Russian man. Okay, one second. So you had a very bad sexual experience with a powerful Russian man. Okay. At the age of 15. At the age of 15. Which was illegal in Russia. It, and there's nothing you can do. And especially you don't sue the man who owns half of Russia or something like that. So he owns half of Russia. I'm sure you don't want to say his name. He's very famous. Like I will keep the name. Because the reason why I don't want to discuss it, because I'm not like one of the Epstein victims with whom I'm actually colliding and efforts hopefully. okay so i does, want okay. to discuss my negative experience i want to discuss only positive experience okay fair enough because i don't want to go through details and uh, but you yeah, had a terrible experience at age 15 and he was a very powerful man in very russia powerful. and so then you come across jeffrey epstein who now befriends you and you're at the age of 17 and, and you're afraid of him so smartly so and he uh, and he was he understood the thing immediately because he's a very good psychiatrist. Obviously, he read people right away. That's why he made his money. He knows how to manipulate girls, <laughs> how to manipulate rich people. He's a big manipulator. And he said, I think you had a bad experience. That's what he said to me. Because I was not jumping on top of him uh, and uh, going to massage room like the rest of the girls would because he's a very charming guy and he helps you for cash. But he tried with you. He, he didn't try... Uh, he 
kind of felt that uh, I have, he made the hint, for example, when Tilikamershan in Israel came out, he's called me in Israel and saying, you're so hot in this Tilikamershan, I can show the Tilikamershan, you're so hot in the Tilikamershan. I told my assistant that I want to fuck this girl. And he's like, this is your friend Kira. So he would make hints like that. So he would ask me, do you want me to teach you sex? I was like, no, Jeffrey, thank you so much, but uh, I appreciate it. And you're 17, mind you. Yeah. You're 17 years old and I don't know, what is he, 30 years older than you, maybe, maybe more? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so... He was in his 50s at that time. Okay, so can you explain to the people listening that you knew Jeffrey Epstein from when you were 17 years old, you considered him a friend, you guys have texts and conversations that go back and forth, and with everything he's done that seems, not seems, that is so terrible, you still think that he was a good guy for you, he was a nice well, guy to you. He helped me to have a baby because when my boyfriend dumped me, uh, the friends, the initial friends who I introduced to Jeffrey told Jeffrey, I was kind of avoiding Jeffrey because I was with a boyfriend, you know, but he was calling me every morning. He calls at 9 a.m. He has his behaviors. He calls 9 a.m. to check up if you're right, if you need anything, if you need any money, or if you need anything, like, uh, how's your house? He has okay. this uh, thing with me because we uh, to take care I really of su support him through jail. I wrote him a very passionate letter saying that we should put half of male population of Russia to jail if uh so wait i'm sorry i'm not understanding so this letter is uh, this letter is from every who? journalist wants this letter what this letter is from who to who uh to me uh because I was from jeffrey trying, from me to jeffrey I mean, at what how how many years ago it's when he was in jail how many years what do we talk about 2008 to end of 2008 end of 2008 you were and he by then jeffrey was arrested he was in jail by then he was in jail and when did you have your son I had myself 2011. 2011. Okay, so this had really nothing to do with your son at the moment, but you were supportive of him in 2008. You wrote a I letter wrote to him. I wrote him a very nice letter, but just saying, of course, you're guilty, and I'm not defending him, like, because I didn't really get into details of what they sued him for or something, but I knew that he was guilty in something. He kind of said, of course, you're guilty, but said, but who is not guilty then? Why won't we put half of male population of Russia in jail, in the same jail cell as you, because people do much worse things than you've done in Russia and they get away with this. And I personally can name the names. I'm, I'm going to keep it as, I'm going to go to these people, ask for charity. Uh, otherwise, I will, will divorce them, you know. Wait, say that again. So if you go to people and ask for charity? This is my trick, you know. I, I learned from <laughs> I love it. Okay, I want listeners to, to, to listen closely. What is she saying is that I'm the very that people that she knows that's worse than Epstein, she goes to for money, for charity, for these causes. Is yes, that what you're saying? Because otherwise it's going to go public and I know exactly the place and I have witnesses. It's like he's still doing or just 15 years old girls, I'm sure. And walking around Saint-Tropez with his wife, he probably, if he listens to this interview, he knows who he is. Uh, that's why uh, I'm going to ask him to sponsor my project uh, on raising legal age. Otherwise, I wouldn't go public and his wife would divorce him and his wife would take half of his billion of dollars. Right. So I don't think he wants a wife to hear the story. But it's the it's the uh, it's the courage that you have to go to the very people you know that might come after you 
for being the almost whistleblower, but instead you're going to them and asking them for support for money. See how smart you are? Yeah, and you have the support of Alina and Putin. It's the whole media group. Uh, no, if I have the support, if uh, if CBC need tomorrow publish uh, publish what I want it to publish, which I think I send it to you, didn't didn't I? I think I send it to Simon. Uh, what, which, uh, by the way, um, I was introduced to Kira from my brother Simon, which we're going to talk about later. I wanted to try to get Simon on the phone if we could to talk about it. I want to find out if there's any way um, Kira thinks that. Simon's going to be able to ever marry anyone. I mean, he can drive you absolutely crazy, my brother, but for some reason people fall in love with him. I don't get it, but they do. Anyway, I'm sorry, getting back. So I want to go back to the um, letter that you sent to Jeffrey Epstein that said, I know you're guilty. I mean, you were smart. You're not a- I'm not defending you, him, saying you're guilty. Yeah, you're, you're guilty. guilty. We know, right. Okay. But there is so many other people who are guilty okay. in the same way. And those are the very people you went to for the support and for the money and for the backing. I'm going to Russian level, so I'm going to go approach those people in person. When, when the article will come out tomorrow on CBC Evening, then we're going to do the whole TV program around this. The Channel One going to do the whole TV program around the fact that we want to raise the legal age, not only in Russia, in Russia, because in Russia have power, in Russia have connections. Right. Uh, so it starts with Russia. It will start with Russia. Uh, and then we're going to go straight to the United Nations. Is the whole campaign. We put it all together with a presentation. Uh, and I think the best organization to, to deal with it globally, because globally it's a disaster. And do you agree with me that in countries like Japan, so is all this legal age, countries in Nigeria, 11, this is disgusting in my opinion. This is absolutely disgusting. Country like China is 14, country like Brazil is 14. This is a way too young and has to be changed. Absolutely, I agree with you, and I'm glad somebody is doing something about it, and I'm glad somebody is doing Everybody something about it. Everybody with who I discussed the idea, including the ambassador of the United Nations, because I called him up and he met me like in the middle of the night. What's his name? Uh, Paolo Zampoli. Zalo uh, Paolo Zampoli. Paolo Zampoli. So you called him. I just called him for friendly, let's say, say, hey, let's meet up a drink or something. And I give him an idea, and he thought it's a genius idea. And uh, the day before yesterday, I think it was, well, it was Monday. So now I'm beginning to think, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but now I'm beginning to have a thought about Paolo. But okay, continue. If you're going to Paolo to ask him, it makes me think he's done a little bit of you know, something dirty. Okay. She didn't say it. Everybody I just said, said it. something dirty. Everybody does something dirty, Everybody but you're smart. You're going. That's what I'm saying. That's why I'm not. But you have the connections to the governors. You have people in Congress. You have governors. You have people all around the world. And you know world. how I work? They, they, he put me in the room with five men from Washington. They send me the whole research on all sex crimes. I have to go through the whole research. They saw this is a genius idea to, uh, to raise the legal age globally, to work on, the, at least to work on this and try, you know, because this is sort of a genius idea. And they send me the whole research on uh, uh, on uh, sex crimes. Uh, see how many people text me. Uh, the professor for this is like sex crimes abuse. Uh, so all these people that are trying to support you, and they're sending you all these um, 
information on sex crimes that is sex crimes across the globe that I have to study because before I'm going to go public with this, I want to be completely prepared and know the facts. Like, I know the facts now on every legal age in every country. Like, in Ireland, it's 17, for example. In India, it's 18, but there is so many sex crimes in India that I'm going to talk in my LFCA cover. I'm going to talk about uh, not only raising legal age, but about sex crimes. So I have somebody that's sending me the whole research. This is a big people from Washington. This is a high profile from Washington. How did you get involved with all these people? You were a model, you were a gymnast. I was invited by Paolo Zampoli to, I think it was a zero, how it was zero bond. It was a zero bond. Was a private club. Was a private oh, club. Okay, there was a private. And club. I was like five men, and I was the only woman. And he introduced me immediately. He introduced me to his friend. I don't want to say the names. Okay. Who. Like she's friend with uh, like certain high profiles, including Nalina Kabaeva. Uh, Did you ever meet Harvey Weinstein, for instance? I met him socially. He liked me because of his type. I look exactly like his yes. wife. Okay, and but you never exactly got involved like with him because you weren't an actress at the time. Because I, I don't want to be an actress. You know, I was dating, uh, I had the baby with a British movie director. So I want to get to that too, about, about Alexander, your son, who's nine years old now, who yes. sounds like such an amazing kid. But before I do, I just want to get back to how was it that um, you came across all these men? And it's great because you have all these connections, but yet you weren't a victim of any of them. Not Jeffrey Epstein, you met Harvey Weinstein. Because I know Weinstein. how to behave, behave uh, appropriately. like that, that uh, I don't dress, uh, I'm dressed too sexy probably for the interview. No. If I'll take the top off, it's no. going to be even more sexy. No, no, I think you're appropriate. Uh, you know what I mean? But I uh, know how to dress when I approach these people, and they know that I was dating safe Gaddafi before, so they know that uh, I'm not a girl from the streets that you can just abuse. Okay, so for people listening, Sayyid Gaddafi is Muammar Gaddafi's son, oldest, oldest son. Who is still alive, who is running for president of Yemen. Yes, um, Sayyid Gaddafi is going to be running for... Um, president. But for people that don't know who he is, Muammar Gaddafi was the infamous ruler of Libya from 1969 to 1977. He was killed in 2011. Yes. And um, he was infamous for the Lockerbie, the Pan Am that he bombed from going from Scotland. I think it was from Scotland. Was, uh, yeah, it was a bombing. He killed 200. Anyway, he killed 270 people. And it was the deadliest terror attack in UK history to this day. And he actually took responsibility for it in 2003 and he compensated. I already safe, already took over. Uh, I met him, uh, I met safe in 2007, I think 2008 or 2008 or 2007, but he already been representing his father because he had a great education in Vienna. He had a great education in London. In first his- You're talking about Saif is, has all this great safe. Saif is very European. His mind is very European. How long did you date him for? I'm sorry. For two years. Two years. And okay. I've been in Libya with him a few times. But he also, Momar, his father, also introduced Sharia law as the foundation of the legal system in Libya. I mean, that's crazy. It is crazy. I mean, are, are you supportive of that? I was uh, too young to understand politics at the time. I was just in law for safe. And uh, I only know that when I uh, he was trying to date me for uh, he was, I suppose that I was 
slept with him on the first night. He was like approaching with a presence, uh, like right. uh, any guy. And uh, at some point, I was sitting with him. It was my birthday thing, it was my, my like 18th birthday or something, mm-hmm. in uh, in London. And he was the president of Nigeria with some high profiles. So it was a birthday party for me. Who threw a party? Safe. Threw a party. Safe Gaddafi threw a party for you. Me. At that time, I was not dating him, but he really. How old were you? Give me a timeline. 17. So this is the same time you knew Jeffrey Epstein. This is a so you dating Saif Gaddafi, Muammar Gaddafi's son, and you're around all these rich and very powerful people, and yet you manage to stay safe and not get harmed in any way. Because I think uh, I learned from my bad experience, uh, and I learned from uh, Jeffrey Epstein's experience how to behave. First of all, when I was girlfriend of Saif, nobody would touch me. Uh, yeah, people had to be afraid of you. Uh, people, uh, because he was a very powerful man, and the time he was doing, he was trying to, he gets Sarkozy to Libya, he got uh, lots of people coming to Libya, he was trying to restore Libya's reputation, his goal was to restore Libya's reputation from the bombing they did, they paid the Who was safe? Safe, safe? Yeah, Safe is trying to redeem his father and his family name, which is what he should do, but, but <laughs> there's a lot was, of work, but that's for another but podcast. He was a very, very close friend with Tony Blair, I'll tell you how women, how men's brain work. Tell me. Tony Blair so is the Prime Minister of London. At the time, uh, at he the was time. Prime Minister of London. He was the, the, the most powerful man. Yes. And finally, Saeed got a meeting with Tony Blair. It took a lot of time to organize a meeting. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting with his bodyguards, and as I said, uh, and bodyguards saying, fly with us to Libya, we'll pay you as much money as you want. I said, I don't want money, I don't want to fly to Libya, I don't want to be kidnapped in Libya, <laughs> or something like that. Yes. And uh, they say, but don't text Saif now, because obviously it was on the text, and the person has his personal number. Uh, he's with Tony Blair, and like, guys, let me teach you a lesson. So right, he's with Tony Blair, I'm texting him, Saif. I'm flying to Libya. He says he's not gonna reply to you. He's Tony Blair. He's picking up the phone, calling me, saying, "While he's with Tony Blair, I'm with Tony Blair, <laughs> but uh, don't please don't hang up on me. Please fly with me to Libya." Then he's calling back twice. He's like, "Don't go anywhere. You fly with me to Libya." And Tony Blair is just sitting next to him, next listening to, to Saif or Saif. Uh, right and you're you're calling the shot it's a in my next life i always say this i want to come back as a beautiful girl the power of a beautiful young girl smart girl smart i was going to say that your parents must have had a lot to do with you coming out as smart as you not so much because i since 11 years old i've been in russian national team reading gymnastics so irina alexandrovna winner who's a legend coach who hopefully what was her name irina winner elena avina she was the coach she's a legend in russia she's uh, first of all she's married to alisher osmanov richest uh, russian guy Uh and they still made it uh-huh. for like 40 years or whatever so are you saying she was the influence for you she was influence. she was me. a good influence your russian coach who was very um married and to a very wealthy man she was also your coach she was the one that really helped you i guess she i grew up with my coaches my it was a group of coaches so i didn't was the head of the coaches but it was a group of coaches because you don't work personally with Irina Alexandrovna when you're a teenager. Uh, you work with your, every genius has her own coach. 
I'm Irina Alexander, I'm kind of supervisor. You were lucky you had a woman coach. Do any women have male coaches? No, not in Olympic gymnastics because Good. it's a female sport. No, they're now trying to do male, male gymnastics, but it doesn't really work. Because if you can watch Olympics, which is going on on Friday night, Friday night from Friday to Saturday, mm-hmm. if you can watch Olympics of so gymnastics, which right. is the whole Russian, is the most popular sport in the Russian Federation. Right. It's like a soccer in England. Right. We all cheer for rhythmic gymnastics because Russia usually bring gold since 2000, since 2000 Sydney. So is that where Russia has the most gold medals or the most medals yes, in general from the gymnasts? So wait, before I get back to Jeffrey Epstein, which I want to and how he helped you with your son, I just want to ask you a political question that's just weird. What do you think about biological men that are transitioning to women going on women's teams? Whether it's gymnastics or running, how do you I feel? I think that? it's all sick. But it's the same thing with the models, you know, transgender models, now more popular than the regular beautiful girls. You have to be transgender. They don't care how beautiful you are. You have to be something special. Special, something weird. Or not I, weird, I something different. I just don't like the whole idea. I'm not against it because I'm very open to the world. Whatever world wants to do, it's none of my business. But I would never do that, obviously. No, but as somebody who was a professional gymnast who won medals for your country, how would you feel now if uh, biological men transitioning were now on the gymnastics team? I don't think, I mean, I personally, I'm not, I'm asking you for your opinion. I shouldn't be giving mine, but I'm going to say, I I don't agree with that. I I think it's not fair. Because men obviously stronger than women physically. Yes. And, uh, I think it's fine if people want to use, um, you know, anyone they want for for ads, for magazines, for modeling. Use anyone you want. You can do anything you want. You can cover faces. I don't know if you remember many years ago, um, some of the biggest designers were putting bags over models' faces because they got tired of paying the high prices. It was when, you know, uh, it was when um, Naomi Campbell and Cindy Crawford and uh, Kate Moss, when they kind of left the scene, they didn't want to pay for models anymore. And they put the bags over there. Do anything you want. But when it comes to a sport like that where people train, it's unfair. It's unfair because men are just genetically stronger than women. And uh, of course, men will perform uh, better than women in certain uh, sports and activities. It's science. Everybody keeps saying to follow the science. People say follow the science only when it's for their benefit. You know, only when it benefits them, they want to follow the science. Okay, so now I want to get back to Jeffrey Epstein. Then we can move on after that because I do want to talk about Alexander. I want to talk about your stint, your little um, stint on, what was the name of that show, Brad? With Naomi Campbell? And the face, oh my God. The face of, I know you hate talking about it, it's so boring, who cares? Let's get it over with. You were on the face with Naomi Campbell. She was a bitch, no surprise. I've known Naomi for decades. I've seen Naomi all over the city more than I've seen some of my cousins. So I know her, I've seen her in the fashion shows. She would walk out, she had such a cult following. We would be at shows and all the models would be coming out and, you know, people would were quiet when Naomi would come out, the clapping that came out. And of course, it had to go to her head. I mean, we knew she threw a phone at somebody. In any case, so she when you when you got voted off of the face, you wound up in therapy because she treated you so bad. Correct? Yes, yeah, she she was hated me from the very beginning. And, uh, but I think you said and I think I read this. she had something against Russians. She, because, you know, she was dating a household, she was dating Daronin, uh, who is now with Christina Romanova, who was dating a Russian oligarch Daronin. And didn't Naomi like this, or was, it, was Naomi dated this Russian oligarch? And he probably was cheating on her with Russian Ah, uh, so that's why she was... <laughs> and, and he hated the fact because I was the prettiest, so the, uh, I'm sorry for my 
but I was probably the best looking girl in a group of uh -huh. the girls. Uh -huh. And everybody would say, oh my God, this Russian, she's beautiful. And she hated the fact that Russian is beautiful. And she hated the fact because she said to me, I understand culture, I lived in Russia. And what's happened before in season one, because I was in season two, Daronin dumped her for the Team Naomi's leader, uh, what's her name, is a Chinese Miss China. Uh -huh. So Daroni dumped Naomi, Naomi for the girl from the face. <laughs> yeah, that's not and, good for Naomi's ego. And uh, can you imagine while she's going through, through separation with uh, Daroni, she has to film uh, because we film it in like uh, September and it's come out only in March. Mm -hmm. uh, we film in September, October. And uh, it was very hard to film because we was in this, in these rooms uh, with no cell phones, yeah. uh, was no connection to the other world. So you were probably happy you were out of there. It was, was probably the best thing for you. Uh, uh, you know what? I just didn't like how they cut me because I was crying, obviously. I took it very personal. I really tried to get along with Naomi. I really tried. But she just put me in the conditions that I couldn't perform the way I should have performed, probably. Yeah. She would like uh, really send bad words to me. And she was. She would what? Bad words to me. And she oh, wanted, bad words. She wanted, she would she say wanted bad words me too. out of the show right. as soon as possible. But I was winning a competition. So, like, first competition, I'm winning. So, when you win the competition, you cannot throw the chick out of the show. You cannot put her in a room. Second competition, again, I'm winning. So Second competition, what? Again, I'm winning the second competition. Yes, you're in the second. So uh, as long as we was winning, uh, she could not throw me. Right. At the moment we lost, she threw me in the illumination room. And uh, of course, uh, you know what I mean? Yes. And of course, I was crying. I was very upset. I was... Uh, uh, and they edited you that way. They edited you not in the best way. They didn't mean the worst possible, the worst way, possible way because they don't show how Naomi treated me. Right. Because it was Naomi's cut, it was Naomi production. Of course, they're not going to show how Naomi treated you. She has to be on the show for the rest of the season and get, you know, get signed again. What, right? Yeah. But all the PR I got, the, right. if you talk about the show, the only things that you can see in the press is me and Naomi. It's so stupid. I know. I, I'm bored with Naomi already. Okay. Nigel Barker. He was a guest on my podcast. Um, he was Obviously. great. I love him. How was he? He was on the face. He was, he was nice. He was nice. He was doing his job. Yeah. He seems like a very nice guy. I did like Nigel very much. Um, Brad actually knows his wife and her twin sister. So we had a lot to talk about on the show. Um, okay. So getting back now, I'm sorry to keep going back, but I got to get this Jeffrey Epstein out of my head. So how did Jeffrey Epstein help you with your son? You said you were pregnant. The, the, your boyfriend I who did. abandoned you, I just want to get this yeah. there. Your boyfriend abandoned you when you were pregnant. I mean, what a fool. What a fool. I mean, what a fool. After he's, Still, six things that he's a fool. After, after I gave birth, I you know, I didn't get fat. I actually lost weight, and I, I, at the moment I went, went of the hospital, I looked absolutely the same. So I didn't. It's, uh, I was working through all my pregnancy on the pregnancy modeling. I you were working pregnancy. through it, and then after you had the baby, you walked out of the hospital in short shorts, leather uh, short shorts. Uh, I yes. bet you you're the type because you you didn't stop exactly. working. When I look at your website, you haven't stopped working and I kept saying so when was she pregnant and, but it makes sense I was working through the whole pregnancy uh, for, for the uh, expecting models they have uh, jobs for pregnant models I was flying to do North Storm in Seattle I was flying to Miami for the photo shoot I 
would go twice to San Francisco for GAP campaign right. and for Isabel, no, I forgot the name of the campaign, it was like three days shoot. Uh, so I would travel around while I was pregnant, making money because they pay so much when you're good pregnant. You. And it's hard to find a model with a good portfolio who is pregnant. Right. Uh, so how did, how after you had the baby, did your, did your boyfriend or the boy's father want to come see yes, uh, Alexander? He didn't want to come see Alexander. He wanted to come see me because I uh, bounced back immediately. I was in So you're saying that he before. didn't, you're saying he broke up with you because you think that you so got fat? fat? And then uh, other things, you know, men think about when you have a baby, you know what I mean? Well, yeah, the, like uh, disgusting things he was saying, like they, so like that, how old was he? He had to be very young. No, he was not very young, he was in the 40s. What? And is this his first and only son? And only son. And he abandoned him? Yes. Oh my God, me and Brad tried to have kids for what, 10 years? We would have taken a baby off of the street. Off of the street, I would have taken a kid. We tried for 10 years. What man abandons their child? Stupid. And by you, no less, a smart, beautiful woman. I mean, just so stupid. Anyone. You shouldn't abandon any child in any case. So now, how did Jeffrey Epstein help you with your son? So now, here you are left alone. How old were you? I was, uh, how old was, uh, was... Uh, when you had... Um, 21 or 22. Wow, very young. So you're about 21, 22, 21 when you were pregnant, 21. let's say. I give birth in 22 months. Two. Okay. 19 is my birthday. So uh, Alexander's birthday is April 6th. So right after my birthday, I give birth. Wow. Uh, how did, how did um, Jeffrey Epstein help you with your son? Uh, first, when he found out that I, I was not in touch with him so much, we always in touch, we always was, uh, have 350 emails that the press now dying. After, after the interview, I'm seeing my lawyer, that he's going through emails first before giving it to press. Uh -huh. Uh, and we decide which press, which emails we're giving because, to who? Uh, and to who, which proves, you know, 350 emails, which proves the connection from 2008 to 2019. Uh, and his last email to me was, you a good friend. Uh, that was his last email to you from Jeff Jeffrey Epstein, is that you're a good you're friend. You're a good friend. It was a very simple email. You were a good friend. You were a good friend to him because even though he went to jail, you still understood that, yeah, of course he's guilty. I mean, listen. And he was very nice to me. He put me in an apartment in Paris. His apartment in Paris had a cook, a driver, and a cell phone, and a cash. So he was... Uh, since, he took care of you. Since the moment, because before he could have been mean to me a little bit, before I was afraid of him. That's why I was not writing him for so long because his assistant... Write me. Uh, Jeffrey would love, love with the capital letters to have all this on, on my uh, emails. That's why it's cost uh, this is price. Wait, Jeffrey price. would love to, his assistant sent an email saying it's Jeffrey would love. Of, uh, would love to what? To re receive an email from you. So to receive an email from you. Okay, so they wanted you to send an email, so you finally sent an email. What do you think it is people are still so obsessed with Jeffrey Epstein that they want these emails? I mean, they know what he did, unless he brought up names to you. I mean, did he talk about Bill Clinton? Did you ever meet Bill Clinton? I um, I don't want to talk about the people that I met through him. Like Vicky Ward did in her podcast, she, uh, she's, uh, I think it's episode nine, episode 11. And, uh, what was her name? Vicky Ward. Vicky Ward. So she's for, amazing for, journalist, very famous. So Vicky Ward is a journalist who's also you can also find on Chasing Gasoline. This is her this is her project. This is her project. Her it's her documentary. The way she cut it, uh, so I will go with the way she cut it. She said that Kira saying that she meet and I have approved on the emails that she meet. Uh, 
emir of Qatar, that she met the biggest people in Silicon Valley, the biggest people in Hollywood. Who did? Me. Oh, she was saying so about you. Basically, you met. she says that through Mr. Epstein that I met uh, the biggest people in Silicon Valley, uh -huh. the biggest people in Hollywood, the biggest uh, people, uh, politicians and um, scientists right. and all the circle. We don't give names because uh, I don't, not everybody is brave enough like me to be associated with Jeffrey Epstein. Right. It uh, is very brave. I mean, especially the fact that you say he was a friend to you. You know that what he did and he was guilty. Know, you're, you're not defending him. Uh, not guilty. Right. But, I know. Well, my point is, this inspired me. The fact that uh, this happened to my friend, this inspired me. Uh, that uh, why would other people who do the same crimes like him would be in jail too? While it's illegal in countries like Russia, China, uh, Brazil, uh, Nigeria. It's the million dollar question, Kira. It's the million dollar question. Maybe it's because he was arrogant about it. Maybe because he was so arrogant about it. Who knows? I don't know. Well, he fly too high. He just, uh, yes. I think he was killed, obviously. Uh, I don't think he I was going to ask you. So you do think he was killed? I think you so. You know too. what? Uh, when I, uh, I thought that he might have paid somebody because on 23rd of June, I think it was June mm -hmm. uh, or July, uh, my mistake, no, July because he died 10th of, uh, 10th of uh, August. Right. He died 10th of August. Uh, on 23rd of July, he was on a suicide watch with the neck, things on the neck. So I, my theory was because I had a roommate who was going for death penalty. Must my theory? This is my, my own theory. It's how to your own what? My own theory. 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 How Mr. Epstein get killed is is that he actually when he found out that he's gonna spend forty five years in jail, which is the rest of his life, that he decided to commit a suicide because I know how he hated jail. He would never allow to say jail in his house. It's like she told she told jail. He she told he was very unhappy with the jail. With the jail, obviously, yes, he couldn't take it. You know, can you imagine his luxury lifestyle and suddenly? Yeah, but you jail. said he was killed. So do you think he committed? Well, you think he, he paid my, someone my, to kill him? My, my first thought that he paid the roommate, he just transferred some money on a wife or wife's account for this Italian guy. This was my first thought. Uh, and uh, is it teaching how to hang himself? Is it to stroke himself uh, to the point that he, because camera was off, this was a very weird story. I don't think it seems like it's a Marilyn Monroe's death. Yes, I know, very, it's a mystery. It's a mystery. But it is it's a mystery, mystery because- It's a mystery for years. It's well, never gonna be resolved. So do you think he paid so in other words what you're saying is maybe he wasn't killed what he committed suicide and paid the people off to pretend to go to sleep which is why the cameras were off in other words the people that were supposed to watching him they couldn't get any testimony or anything because the cameras happened to have been off people you know the guys were sleeping on the job supposedly i don't believe it so either one of two things either somebody on the uh, on that end killed him because why would they pretend to go to sleep and shut the cameras off or he paid them to do it, so he can commit suicide. 
Either way, what difference does it make now? Who cares? It wasn't a scene. Let me know what after New York Post, because after Vicky's podcast uh, aired on air, it's number one audio book. Uh, and Audible, it's number one book. She's the numbers are so high. So they're doing six more series. Oh, wow. Of, on Jeffrey Epstein. Uh, it's gonna air, as an audible uh, book. Uh, no, as a documentary. Also, also documentary. documentary. It's going to be six more series. It's going to come out in January because uh, uh, they're going to film it now. Right. And you were in almost every episode it's of not, this not, series. Not almost in another episode, in a few episodes. In a few. Uh, which, and I think uh, number 11 episode, it was mostly you. Yeah, it was mostly me. Uh, so she got me very nicely. She didn't do anything provocative or something that would hurt my reputation. I just was uh, explaining uh, people about uh, this Mike's boyfriend calling the ones that kick him out. Uh, uh, <laughs> He's calling now on the phone? On the phone, Should yeah. we get him on the air, find out what the hell he wants? No, I think okay, he, he doesn't deserve that attention. Good, don't. Uh, because he is living an asshole. Is so. he? You should block him. I'm a firm believer in blocking assholes. You know, I was about to block some people who write me some messages, including your brother, by the way, because he wrote me like a very sexual message, which I was not ready for that. <laughs> and uh, somebody said, just block him. But then I think, why would I block a person? You can make a friends with a person. Uh, I can, you can get over the. It, it's okay because um, he liked me and uh, he sent a message. Uh, I forgive him for that. You know, like, oh, oh, it's okay. Men do those things. But, but uh, I think you have good intuition yeah. i think you have very good intuition I just do. your you do. do okay so you know you do that's why you didn't block my brother because you know it's innocent with him Absolutely. it's part of his charm it's part it's of his stick. like i say he can drive you crazy but i don't know how he does it he he i always say just get married you'll make a wife miserable oh and happy God, at I the same time him. i already introduced him to one girl they texting each other oh. i'm gonna find him a wife uh, he's not gonna do anything do you think he's gonna ever get married you think i don't know who knows? He I might. Know. I want to just see one girl lock him down because I, he always gets the girls fall in love with him. I mean, he drives me mad and I know he treats everyone the same. So I know he drives them mad, but maybe people like the drama. Maybe it's exciting for them. He doesn't treat me with the drama. He treats me with great respect. And he was like, I don't believe that you're not madly in love with me. Every trick I try on you, I want you to be in my music video. I want you to do this and this. I will introduce you to, to, to this guy and that guy. And uh, uh, I want, uh, he said, every trick I'm trying on you and you are stiff. You're like, <laughs> Good. Stay that way. Stay that way. Because I, I learned tricks, you know. I know yeah. how to stay friends with the guys because I have lots of guys' friends. Uh, stay friends with the guys without them uh, actually respecting me, without them uh, trying to do something uh, with me. With me no, in Simon's defense, I'm going to say he does respect everyone. He does, he does respect he does. everyone. Very, very he nice likes person. to push a little boundary here and there to see how far he can go and he test does. you. He, he likes does. to test everyone. Everyone, but he has respect for everyone. Absolutely. I, you know, I would not be here. Yeah, of course. Would, uh, I know. I know that. He's very charming and he is lovable and he has the best heart in the world, but he likes the drama. He just girls, just, and even boys. People used to show up my, at my house when I was young. I thought they were there for me, my friends. They weren't. I found out later they were all coming to visit me so they could see my brother. It's okay. So you're very close with your brothers. I can see, right? Yes, very, very close. We're very close with each other. It was difficult growing up with him because I, and I've said it on the show Who's before. Who's the oldest? You or him? Uh, I'm, 50, I'm 56. And how old is he? 
whatever he told you he is. I don't get so, involved. Uh, so I don't know. I'm not allowed to know this. I don't know. I know Simon is younger than me. Simon is younger than me. Simon is younger than me, but whatever, I don't know what age he told me, but he is younger than me. But um, the funny thing is, is that growing up with him, he played the guitar, piano, and drums, drums first when he was little, like six years old, all by ear. Well, never took a lesson. He sang, he wrote music, every sport he played, he played great. So yeah, it was difficult growing up with him because he was so great at everything he did. But um, yeah, I mean, it's... Was my sister's face is the same problem because I'm very, I'm a big celebrity in Russia. I'm on TV almost every day and uh, in different programs and talk shows and uh, all kinds of stuff. So the cooking show, I took And so son. what, your sister, how was your sister? Um, and my sister, she's uh, she's happily married now, second baby. She had a baby 20, guy dumped her. 12 years old, he's 12 years old right now, my nephew, gonna be 13 in September. Uh, and now she had a baby girl a year ago with nice. different guys. She found 12 years after she found a nice guy. They get married, they had a baby girl, so she's happy. So now she doesn't need to look anywhere else. She's happy. She's happy. What about you? Are you going to get married? I know that way. I just I want to get married. You I'm would. I'm looking for a husband. I want more kids. You do? I do. Okay. It's interesting because... I need a husband because I'm raising my kid alone. I'm not getting any child support. And I'm not yeah, so tell me about Alexander. You're not getting any child support, which is shocking to me, but okay. Um, what is Alexander like? He lives in Russia, I know. Does he like any activities? Is, is he, he like you it. with gymnastics or anything? He loves, he's goes, I'm taking him to basketball. I'm taking him to swimming classes. And he loves sports, obviously. And he loves fishing. His obsession is fishing. Is it? He's, uh, I took for his birthday, took him to the fishing club, you know, the fancy fishing club, yeah. where they actually throw the fish in the water that you catch a fish. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah, of course I know what you mean. It's like, giving an award to every kid in the class. Everyone catches a fish. I get so, it. Okay. <laughs> so he catches two fishes and he was so happy. And then, and then they cook a fish in front of you. Yes. They, they're in a super nice restaurant. Uh, they give so much food that you couldn't eat as you took it home. Mm -hmm. uh, so I organized the whole birthday. It was fantastic. Uh, so cute. And I bet he wants a brother or a sister. Yeah, he's very close with my my nephew, my cousins. They call each other brothers mm -hmm. because they grew up together with uh, my sister's son. Mm -hmm. Because uh, my sister also had, was a single mother until she met. She took her 12 years to remarry and have a second baby. So they had his nature up between 12 okay. years it's a big, big, big age gap right for but they all love a little sister i can show the pictures how the old little sister she's a darling of the family now of course wow so wait, i want to ask you another question before you go because i know you have to go i i heard a story that when you were traveling from russia back to the united states you were on the plane and as the plane almost was about to take off all these guards come on the plane they start calling out your name and you stand up and they want to escort you off the plane and take your passport away from you. They took, uh, as I annulated an entrance because I've already passed Wait, say that again, the they what? Uh, passed through the, I'll show you, I will show you. U.S. passport, U.S. citizen. Yes, you had a U.S. citizen passport, correct? Yes, I don't know if my passport is in here, no, it's in me. So it's fine the page that I want to show you what they did to me. She's taking out her passport and showing it to me. I want to see what it is because the story was 
because who liked you? Somebody liked you and you uh, wouldn't. Somebody very rich guy. Yeah. Uh, really liked me, but I didn't sleep with him. So it's World Cup. I'm the face of the World Cup and the cover of Cosmopolitan. You. So you're the Cup. face of the World Cup. One of, one of, one of the faces of the I'm World Cup. On the cover of Cosmopolitan for the World Cup with the ball. On the cover of Cosmopolitan. Yes, I saw the picture. Beautiful. So he's basically on. I'm trying to leave Russia on 13th, and he's on the leader of an So I'm crossing the border already in Sheremetyevo. I'm crossing the border uh, in the airport. They stamp my passport. They cross the border. They put me on the plane. They did everything in this, and they take me off the plane and they put the stamp. Unrelated. So yeah, what does that say in Russia? Unrelated. 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 So they annulated my. Uh, the fact that they crossed the border and took me off the plane and uh, I have to find my luggage somehow. It was a whole drama. And I thought I will never leave, he said, we will never leave Russia. So the way we leave Russia and I had my credit card get canceled. I couldn't get any cash. It was a disaster. I was staying in my uncle's house. My uncle says, just come over to my house. So I'm coming over to his house and I'm staying a few days and I don't know who to call. Then I'm calling another friend. And again, they took me off the flight. Like he buying me a ticket. Uh, he said, I'm in trouble. I need somebody to buy me a ticket to the United States. So I have a good friend of mine in Ukraine who's he's like a personal buy a ticket to the United States. So he's buying me a ticket. And they again take me off the plane. And uh, uh, so wait, you made a several attempts. There were two uh, attempts. Uh, and uh, Mr. Epstein at the time, so I don't know who should they call because I'm in trouble. I'm in real, real trouble. So I'm calling Mr. Epstein. Because they won't let you leave the country. And they won't let you leave the country. And saying, you're not going to leave the country. Because you wouldn't sleep with him. He was a rich and powerful man in Russia. And because you wouldn't sleep with him, he didn't want you to leave the country. He said, so, I'll show you the lesson. Basically. He's going to teach you a lesson. So he even though you got another lesson. ticket, got back on the plane, they escorted you off the plane and again. And a U.S. citizen, you know what I mean? Yes. Uh, they you, can't do that to a U.S. citizen. Do this, this, you can sue your airline or something. So who helped you? Was it Jeffrey Epstein? Jeffrey Epstein's idea was very smart. He said, I'm buying you a ticket to Shirimitiv Airport. It was, everybody was in, in town because it was the uh, end of the world. Yeah. Everybody, the whole world was in Russia, seeing the World Cup, everybody. Everybody was there seeing the World the Cup World in Cup. Russia. And so what was Jeffrey Epstein's idea? So his idea was, um, I'm buying you a ticket from Shilimitiva to uh, uh, GFK, like regular ticket, so you check in. So instead of leaving from Moscow? No, no, instead of, uh, the same airport. Oh, it's uh, the same airport. I'm buying the same ticket, basically. So they know that you checked in on the flight. Uh -huh. So they're going to wait for you when you cross the border and take you off the flight again. Because he said, the moment you check in on the flight, you take a taxi to a different airport. And a friend of mine, I cannot name, very famous person, with a private jet. I know who it is. To, uh, to is it Jay-Z? Uh, almost. Okay. Okay. I know. I already. I know the story. So okay. So I don't know how. Almost. It's not Jay Z. It's not Jay Z, but it was somebody very close to him who owns the team with him. I know. He owns a bat. He owns no, a. It was team. a. It was a, he owns a bigger than the team. He has. Oh. It was a bigger than the team. It was a bigger plane. Why don't you marry any of these guys? I mean, for somebody, just marry them and then kill them. I'll help you if you give me a cup. I'll help you smother them in their sleep. I've been wanting to smother Brad in his sleep forever. I was uh, very honest with Jeffrey. It was one of the last meeting in person because I said, I think I'm ready because at some point I was not ready. I was living my life. I have, I have like 
10 guys a day sending me flowers, uh, presents, and this and this. Right. I was uh, not sitting with any of them, but I was giving them hope. Hope, oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So now, wait. So now, the so person whose name you, my life. So the person, so Jeffrey Epstein sends you, and you go to another plane where somebody very famous, I thought, I, I heard it was somebody related to Jay Z. I'm sure it was somebody. They didn't own a basketball team or something. They own a lot more than that. The guy, the guy who I don't want to give names. Okay. Uh, it's, uh, it's, Tell uh, us what he owns. You, Nobody's going to Google it. No, they're going to Google it if you understand okay. what he owns. <laughs> what? Uh, one, one of the biggest owners, one of the biggest guys in Russia, uh, wasn't to take me on the plane. So he gave him uh, another very big person because everybody was on the World Cup. It was very easy to leave Russia because everybody was on the private jet. Yes, everybody was leaving. Russia. There was chaos. Uh, there was chaos. Uh, so they're waiting for me in Sheremetyevo. So I'm taking the taxi to Demandedova. Uh, and just getting on the flight to London. They said flight is to London. And they said just cross the border. All you need to do from London, you you will make it to the States. It's uh, it's easy. So they just taking me on. He asked a friend. A friend. Uh, and quote unquote, a friend. One of the biggest guys, I think, in Russia that uh, somehow is. I don't know. I heard it was in Russia, not a Russian guy. It was an American guy. Yes, that's what I heard. It was so, American. Uh, oh, it was American. So he was asking one of the most powerful American guys who was in in, in sports. He was in the World Cup. With uh, his uh, like. Was he a player? He was not a player. He was a owner. Owner. Of, okay, of, that's uh, okay. But that's what I said in the beginning. He was owner of of something. Of something. Okay. So he was the one that helped as, you. As a uh, I don't want to scream names. Uh, before I. His wife might get upset. I don't know. Uh, he's actually divorced. Oh. Uh, but uh, I've caused him lots of troubles. You know what I mean? Yes, I, I know. Before I go, I have it all on the emails. Right. Uh, even tickets that he bought with emails uh, through. I see which proves this and the mails with Jeffrey as mm -hmm. uh, proves the fact that how he helped me out. So we, we, uh, we, we, he came up with this idea. He asked one of his friends just to take them flight. So he came up with the idea and he asked one of his friends, the owner of this thing to help you and you got off the plane. All his friends were obviously high profiles. I know obviously because you, you, you were able to really maneuver everywhere you needed to go, regardless of all the men that tried to hold you back, that either wanted to sleep with you, people like Jeffrey Epstein, this guy who had you taken off the plane, you need to write a book about this. But when you do write the book, you have to be prepared. People are, want to, are going to want to know names. I know. And they're I not just the name, they're going to want to know the name and what they do. So when uh, you're ready before, to do it. Is this emails before we, we will go out? Because we give, I give what I think that Epson was killed, I give it in two hours on record. And we give them two emails. It's Yana's letter, letters that I wrote him in jail. And he replied, it was the nicest letter I ever received. Since What's it was from you? Shitting. I'm sure. It's, it's shithole. I'm sorry for saying you wrong chocolate. It was not my fault because I don't have full control. But the Call Leslie, tell Leslie's assistant, tell her your apartments need from which days and when, and I'll instruct them to help. From jail, he's uh, basically giving me his apartment in Paris. Wow. Because uh, he loved the letter that you sent him. Yes, you were one of the, the few people that nest that supported him, even though you knew he did something wrong, but you showed that, okay, I know you did something wrong, and I'm but sure you did it. The reason why I'm setting up the whole global campaign, it's because there is so many people who done worse things than Mr. 
Therese. I know, I agree. Walking around Saint Tropez with the wives and having nurses with 15 years old girls. <sighs> and I, and I have, uh, it happened to me. And riches and Mr. Epstein, you know what I mean? Right. Uh, they, they do the same, uh, they uh, do much worse things than Mr. Right. Epstein. Does. So your activism, I and think, is going to be great because you're going to help these people by being close to the very people that are doing it. That's why I'm going to manipulate my plan is uh, I'm either going to go public with the names, which uh, I would rather not do, but uh, this way I'm just going to privately say, listen, do you want me to go public with the story? And then Natalia will confirm the story. I know where you live, and I'm giving you the, all the information. Wait, who do you know? Uh, I'm not giving the names, yeah. uh, but I know the people who are doing the things. You know the people that are doing these things. You actually know the people and that I know the address. I know when it's happening. Right. Uh, I know exactly. Do you really want me to go public? Your wife will divorce you immediately. She's going to take you billions of dollars. It's going to be healthy for you. Give me a few millions for the foundation. Right. Uh, then so they're going to give you millions for a foundation that will eventually, hopefully, do. incriminate and get them. Yes. Because somebody would, uh, I'm going to go to few people, I know lots of people, and if I don't know people, was interesting, then Zampoli took me out, I think it was Monday, Monday night, uh, it was a night, Who took you not out? yesterday, the day before yesterday, the ambassador of the United Nations, he took me out. The ambassador of the United Nations the took you out. The one showed you. The oh, yes. What was his name? Paolo. Paolo. He took you out. He took me out. It was a five guys. It wasn't, uh, he didn't just for people to know, well, he didn't take you out for a date. He's married. Yeah, he's married, uh, but he took me out to private club. Right. And there was five guys and they said, say hello to Mr. Professor. And so some, we had some mutual friends and we discussed. Right. And they're all people from Washington, all very high profiles. Right. So I'm collecting the numbers of everybody. And they all treated me with, uh, they were always like, should we get some girls? I'm like, I can give you up some girls if you need to. She's like, here is one of the guys, treat her with the respect. Uh, they like driving me home, they put me in the front seat and ambassador sits in the back seat. And then they say, like, can you go, we'll drive you back home. I'm like, no, I'll stay by here, like on the cross, I'll walk 10 steps, it's okay. Just you need to drive across. So they're treating you very well, but. They're treating me so well, like there's a great respect. They treat you with great respect, but in, in reality, they don't really have such great respect for girls. Normally they don't. They but, don't, uh, but you know how to handle it. What? Just tell me real quick. What did? How are you helping Epstein victims? Because I read somewhere that you're helping Epstein uh, victims. Uh, yesterday I had lunch with Jennifer Rose. Jennifer with, Rose. Because on the weakest part is the funniest part was I. I showed up an $8,000 Deutsche Gabbana dress. Deutsche Gabbana gave me 20, uh, 20 discount because I was working for Deutsche Gabbana. Because you model for them. Yes. So they gave you a $10,000 dress. Right. Very conservative, black, black with the purples and uh, not very long, not too short. Yeah. Of course, they don't show up on the prices like that in a mini skirt, you know what I mean? Yes. Because it's, uh, you meet everybody from Charlie Rose to head of network to head of CNN and this and this. And uh, it was a great oh Goodness, Charlie Rose and everybody from CNN. Okay, yeah, it's almost the same Discovery, real journalism. Discovery Network, uh, generally being uh, who writing for New York Post. And the funny thing is, a lawyer or the victim wants to represent me, he arranged an interview with John Levine on the record, uh, for New York Post, supposed to go out last Sunday, front page. 
uh, because. Uh, but what does he want to rep represent you for? You were not. You didn't have. I have a lawyer. I have my own lawyer. But against Jeffrey Epstein? No. No, not against oh. Jeffrey Epstein. Uh, I would never go. They right. advised me. I've been advised to go uh, for Jeffrey Epstein. What to collect money to go for after his estate? Uh, but you're not doing it. I'm not doing it. Okay. Uh, see, it says a lot about you. It says a lot I'm about you. So how are you helping the victims? Are you helping coaching them through a difficult time? Is that what you're doing uh, to try to help coach them? Um, first of all, we're working on uh, raising legal age. Okay. To get, uh, this is my idea. I'm not giving it to anybody. I, uh, I'm making sure that everybody loves the idea. I'm, I'm consulting with you know, like people like Ambassador of the United Nations. Basically, mm -hmm. he said, uh, we will pass this idea through the United Nations. This organization to pass this mm -hmm. idea. So we have to prepare the preparation for September to go to straight away to the United Nations with this idea. And I'm, I mean what I'm saying. Uh, I don't know. I think I sent this to Simon. I didn't send to you the press releases uh, in English and in Russian. It was in Russian newspaper. But it's okay. We're going to follow up on this. And when it does happen, maybe you'll come back and just talk about, you know, how it happened raising the legal age, because that would be monumental. This I mean, that is going to be a monumental uh, thing that probably should have been done decades ago. I can't believe at this day and age that girls are still able to um, consensually have sex at that age. But what we're going to do, another thing we're going to do, five age uh, age difference. We were discussing 10 age, but it says at 10 age, it's, it's 25 years old, taking advantage of 15 years old, it's wrong. But if guys twenty and he's dating 15 years old, this should be allowed. Because teenagers still having sex. Yes. Most of the teenagers yeah. still having sex between each other. I know, but I still think that's not good. But don't go by me. I'm so conservative when it comes to I'm sex. I'm just saying that yeah. when it's, uh, I'm a conservative myself. When it's like 19 years old, it's dating 17 years old. I know. I think it's okay. You know what I mean? I know, if but I mean, yes, I understand. It's going to happen. Gap, if, it's a, if he's like 20 and he's dating 16 years old, I don't think it's disgusting. It's normal age gap. Uh, so we will, we will clarify the age gap for the teenagers to have sex. But if it's 25 years old having sex with 16, this is not okay. You know what I mean? I think either way, whatever you're going to do is going to be much better than what it is now. I think that's the important thing. Whatever you do is going to be much, much better. First thing I want you to do is probably find a nice guy for you. Listen, I know you look like you're 22, but let me tell you something. The clock is ticking. I'm telling you what I tell everybody around me, including my own brother. Clock is ticking. And I want to find the nice guys. The problem is I have lots of guys around. I want to find the right. They're not the right ones. The ones you really have around that I joke about, you know, the very wealthy ones that are after you and I joke, oh, they're not right for you. You need somebody who is going to really appreciate and know you and not care about anything else. But I still need uh, somebody financially stable. It doesn't have to be a billionaire. Uh, of and course. I, and I call to allow, I'm very honest with, uh, I'm, I have nothing to hide because I'm not testifying this land trial. I met her once. Um, have, uh, if if FBI come after me, I have nothing to, I uh, didn't introduce underage girls to Epstein. Right. So, yeah, right. Just to clarify, I just want to make sure we clarify that um, Kira never introduced Jeffrey Epstein to any underage girls. Never. 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 So you have never. nothing to worry about. And I will say, I, one of the most charming things about you is the fact that you're very forthright and you just speak what's on your mind 
And yes, you do. And I appreciate that. And that's, it's a charming thing. You know, a lot of people are so busy, you know, trying to hide or not, or or worried about saying the wrong thing or being politically correct. I like it. And I like the fact that you even said, you know, you're not going to go after Jeffrey Epstein's estate because he was a good friend to you in spite of the fact that he did things that were wrong. He He paid for your child. What he said when he found out, he called me up to his house because I didn't didn't tell him, did tell him a friend, a mutual friend of mine that they were this girl stunning. She said, do you know that Kira is pregnant? He's like, Kira immediately to my house, immediately. And he said, Kira, if you want to do an abortion, I'll come with you to the abortion and I'm going to hold your hand and uh, we'll do an abortion. If you want to have, uh, have it on the males, uh, uh, if you want to have a baby, I will I will come to hospital and pick up a baby. I don't care. And he paid for the childbirth and he said, pick a hospital you want to. Don't do it in rush. There is emails about his citizenship because I was not a citizen at the time. So where did you do it? In Los Angeles. Oh, you did great. You did it in America. So, so, so Alexander is... Alexander was born in Cedar Sinai. Oh, wow. So not a small hospital. I picked the best hospital, probably in the United States. Uh, yeah. I have a luxury taste for everything. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I can imagine. So I picked the best hospital, the best doctors and everything. So Alexander was born in Cedar Sinai and he got US citizenship. Uh, uh, immediately uh, because immediately. he was born here. Okay, so that's very interesting. And how with Russian citizenship, you have some problems because he uh, we applied through the embassy in San Francisco because there is no embassy in Los Angeles. So me and my lawyers, we applied for his Russian citizenship uh, through the embassy in San Francisco uh-huh. because if his mother is Russian, if he has no father, because I didn't put the father in the birth certificate, I didn't give him rights because he's British, first of all. He's British. British, British citizen. He's not a US citizen. Uh, and to reach him, you know, like you have to do signatures, father and mother, if you yeah. travel, if you do something. And if he's not capable to communicate, I don't want him to have any kind of control over my travels and stuff like that. It's my signature. And so I'm applying for Russian citizenship and they return in papers. This is something wrong with the papers. So I'm, my, my lawyer, she's a fantastic lawyer. She's saying, I have a personal cell phone number of Mr. Vinakurov, who is the consul in San Francisco of the whole Russian Federation. And I'm dear enough, I'm taking the cell phone number, I'm walking in and I'm calling and saying, Mr. Vinakurov, my name is Kira Dikhtar. I have a problem. My grandmother is very ill and I need the urgently passport for my Russian passport for my son. And it's been a problem. 15, what's your name and last name? Kira Dikhtar, what's your son's name? Alexander Dikhtar. In 15 minutes, I'm getting a phone call from somebody from the embassy saying your passport is ready. Do you want it to mail to you? Or would you rather go to San Francisco to pick it up? I put him, I'm driving. He's like, I'm driving. I cannot talk long. I said, I don't need to talk long. (laughs) Uh, I just need your help to get me my passport because I have to leave leave for Russia. And uh, I'm actually taking flight. It's a short flight uh, to San Francisco. Somebody's baby, one of my girlfriend babysitting the baby while I'm taking flight to San Francisco with a box of chocolate and everything to uh, say thank you to the Mr. Consul just in case if I ever meet the Mr. Consul, Consul again right. he would remember me yeah, that he would uh, it's a good connection to have yes absolutely Kira, I'm going to tell you a little secret. You're a good connection to have. <laughs> if I I'm know, ever in a pickle, listen if I'm ever in a pickle I'm calling you to see who you can call to help me get out of a pickle 
And in the meantime, if you ever come with Alexander, I think it would be nice for the kids to play. Our kids are seven, he's nine. We can just have it. Yeah, we can do a lunch. He's very charming. He's working on his English. I'm pushing him very hard to work on his English. Because uh, I want him to fluently speak English. I'm sure he's going to be great. How many languages do you speak? English, Russian? Uh, French. And French. Okay, amazing. Kira, thank you so much for spending the time and really divulging and, you know, sharing with us all your information. I appreciate it. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. I will get in trouble probably with my lawyers, but... Well, tell them to call me. I'll get them on the podcast. I'll make them talk more. Okay. Thank you, Kira. Thank you so much. I appreciate okay. it. You've been listening to Rich in Life with Rich Arani. If you liked what you've heard, click subscribe so you don't miss out on future episodes. Or visit us at richinlife.com. That's R-I-T-C-H in life.com.